From In the Beginning to the Musical Apocalypse, this is The Bible Says What. I'm your host, Mike Wiseman. According to Christian mythology, we live in a broken world. Who broke it? Well, if you ask a theist, they'll blame Adam, Eve, or the serpent. But what about the guy that wrote this crazy drama? The guy that sat for eternity just thinking shit up? He had eternity and unlimited powers and a plan that included a broken system. This, he decided, was the absolute best option he could come up with. Why a broken system? Because he wanted to be the center of attention. He wanted glory and praise and lives in which he could fuck with. Also, because Yahweh created a broken system, today's audio is not the best. Sorry, guys. Let's start the show. Is there anything in the Bible that you yourself have an issue with? <laughs> okay, so it took you reading the Bible to realize that those things were bad for you? Yeah, it actually did. I, I didn't figure this out on your own? No, Ted, Ted Bundy could be redeemed. God doesn't kill children. Does, what do you think the Passover was? Yahweh sets up a whole system in the Old Testament where you slaughter animals just so he's able to forgive you. Today's special right. guest is Christian listener Dan Catchpole. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thanks, Michael. Good to be here. Do you like Mike or Michael? I either one works for me, man. Whatever's okay. quickest and easiest for you. Well, um, yeah, thanks. Good to be here. Hmm. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking the time. So Dan sent me an email a while ago um, because it takes me forever to get to my emails and get people on. Here we are. Um, mentioned that you listen to the show and that I have, uh, let's see here, simplistic conservative faith um, people on and I playfully poke holes in their theology it's a gotcha podcasting i love it and then you challenged me so here we are let's see what well, debating yeah. with uh, uh theology that isn't a straw man in my worldview uh recommend some people hell i'd even be <laughs> willing to come on and here we are dan yeah, the man I'm, I'm regretting that last thing i said on there i feel like uh maybe i should have just said hey i'll recommend some people but yet here i am Trying to get my fancy microphone to work, but it is not oh. wanting to. Hopefully, I sound okay. This is the one that makes me sound really smart. Oh, well, well, oh I need one of those. Yeah, no, I need the, the smart filter. That <laughs> um, fancy is your microphone. Anyways, so yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I'm trying to, I'll just go ahead and introduce myself, I guess. Yes, yes, uh, go so, ahead. I'm a professional journalist. Uh, yeah, I've worked at some daily newspapers, Associated Press, Fortune Magazine, that kind of stuff. Um, mm. it's not, just to be clear, whatever we're discussing today, I'm purely talking about or discussing my own views, nothing that reflects or affects my reporting. Uh, so let's see, I live in Seattle uh, with my wife and three kids. Um, I go to St. Andrew's Episcopal Church in Seattle. Uh, mm. Yeah, so, you know, I spend a lot of time talking to people and trying to learn like their where they're coming from, what their views are, and yeah, I so I listened to your podcast a few times, and I was struck by you. I heard you say 
uh, a handful of times that you are trying to understand why Christians believe what they believe after mm. your own experience. Yes. Uh, so what struck me, though, was I don't actually hear that in your questions. <laughs> Being somebody who professionally talks to people, trying to understand what their point of view is and like what they're thinking is to make you know, to make sense of their logic. Sometimes people mm. who I vehemently disagree with, I, I was just struck by, um, this is not how I would go about it at all. Uh, and, and I mean, it also is like the reading of the Bible that I just was very, was very alien to me until I started learning about my fundamental evangelicalism. Mm. Um, so anyways, so that's, here I am as apparently a Christian listener. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much, yeah, man. I mean, I'll take it. Whoever has ears, let them hear, right? Whatever it is. Awesome. So why are you a Christian? What happened? What what changed you into a Christian? Were you born into it? Were you kind of on the fence for your life? How did it work for you? Uh, so, I mean, I, I grew up uh, in the Episcopal Church. Uh, but, you know, yeah, for a long time, uh, in my 20s and 30s, I was, in large part, I guess, like kind of, at least functionally ag agnostic. Uh, yeah, I'd still go to like Christmas and, and Easter and once in a while, but it really just did not play any role in my life. And uh, I forget exactly what it was, but at some point in my late 30s, uh, I had this real, or somebody said something and it occurred to me like, wait, what is this? this is, like, I have to figure this out. Either Either I'm like, this is meaningful and it's worth, I guess, like, what is it? There's a C.S. Lewis line. Either this is true and it's the most important thing, or it's not worth a minute of your time. Hmm. And so I was just like, okay, well, I need to, I should figure this out. If I'm going to say that I am, but I don't really do anything about it, what's the point? So I actually started off reading uh, a lot of atheist texts. I figured I should, I, you know, let's start off with the challenges um mm. and that actually coming after reading reading through that stuff um i came out of it like yeah okay i actually believe in this mm. and i don't know that was five six seven years ago uh and so i've just been trying to get very serious about my faith and living out uh what it looks like to live out uh, as a follower of jesus um mm. so. thank you for that uh, follower of Jesus, five to seven years. So you've been a Christian for about five to seven years. Full fledged. Uh, I mean, in terms of like taking it seriously, yeah. uh, but I mean, nominally my whole life, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I mean, I, yeah, I will say like, uh, well, yeah. Meaningful. You, you mentioned it was meaningful. Uh, what was meaningful? Christianity. It's either meaningful or... It's oh, well, yeah. No, I think the line that it's like either true and it's the most important thing or mm. it's not and it's not worth a minute of your time. Gotcha. So... <clears throat> Why do you think it's worth your time? <laughs> I, there's a lot of answers I can go. I just kind of tiptoe here a little bit. So, so Why do uh, I think it's yeah. worth my time? Uh, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's true. So, hmm. all right. Why do we think it's true? Um, the the Bible the Bible's true. The the God's true. Jesus true. Which part? 
Well, I mean, I suppose first, yeah, you know, there's a couple of different things in there. First, uh, yeah, I think first I started off with like, okay, I believe that there is a God, that there is like, a, I am a theist. Start with that. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, um, I knew a little bit about other religions, read a little bit, not like didn't go that deep dive admittedly, but um, felt strongly enough about Christianity that I was like, okay, I think this is actually, there's truth to this. Uh, mm. Yeah, I think a, a lot of it uh, for me. I think most importantly is uh, the the truth that it yeah. It, there's this. I'm, I, I rarely I can I pull out another C.S. Lewis quote. I apologize. Uh, promise <laughs> the last one. But yeah, he had a line um, that. He believes in it like he believes in the sun, not just because he sees the sun, but because of, through by it he sees everything else. Um, mm. And I just, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, I, I, admittedly, there's like I don't think there's a way that I could a description that I could give that you'd come along on. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. Whatever I say, you're just gonna be like, well, that's just personal experience. <laughs> uh, but I mean, there's like yeah. one. It the the message that we're that uh, what God is calling us to do is, and God's like relentless love for us, which I know is like something you 100 percent agree with. You're like yeah, God well. loves everybody. Um, that's totally what this show's about. Uh, <laughs> but and and the. Just I don't know, like the the hope and joy that it and, and it's like in an existential sense, not in a superficial like oh, I'm hoping for this or like I'm I feel good about this I'm joyful about this. But uh, God, this is such a rambling answer now. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean the it's really the the truth of what I see reflected in life, mm. the fact that there is something rather than nothing that we mm. can love even though we or evolved out of this natural process that like this ants don't love each other dogs like my dogs like me because i feed them and i'm nice to them um, well but, I mean, my like, dogs definitely love like, each other they have a thing for each they, other they, as well they, yeah, yeah yeah no i uh but I, it's not it is a an affection that is just fundamentally categorically different from what self-sacrifice and love among humans looks like and this is all stuff that you can mm. explain as like the you you as an atheist if i was an atheist this is all stuff i could explain let me say up front also like i 100 percent think that it is completely logical and rational to be an atheist mm. and i think that it is logical and rational to be atheist um i think most people probably don't put that much thought into it mm. <laughs> and that's something just kind of at it yeah not necessarily because it really worked through all the stuff. But anyways, I'm really rambling now. You're okay. I, it, it was good stuff. Um, I, I do want to touch back on that the, the C.S. Lewis quote, which we're not going to quote more C.S. Lewis, but we're going to do it anyways. Um, the sunlight one. Um, yeah. That's an interesting idea. Can you explain that further? The sunlight on everything or shows everything? Yeah. Uh, How that correlates with God? So I guess it's... <laughs> How do you, you know, I, I did not think about how to like explain that better. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, you throw yeah. shit out on the show, man. I'm going to catch it. I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> no, no, I, I just, I should have like explained the thing for you. Like, well, I know what it means, but I, I don't know how to explain it to somebody yeah. else. So I just hadn't thought about it. Uh, it's the idea that, well, I, I suppose what I was talking about is the, like going out and just seeing the fact that there is something rather than nothing that gotcha. love can exist in just like the most deplorable situations that people who are in the most hopeless situations can yet have hope that there's just a light. I mean, and this hmm. didn't, I guess I, yeah, that there, there is this light. Um, and I, I'm speaking metaphorically, obviously, yeah. uh, but that I illuminate everything that is beyond just actually like the sun. Huh. Like there's, yeah. I've, like a light of truth that illuminates on everything. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like something I would have said in high school <laughs> or college, like, after going to a fish show. Yeah, like, right. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, sure. But, sure, okay. So, I mean, don't, let's, don't let's hold take the sun. Sorry, that, let's take the sun as the okay, physical I'm evidence or... or, or to, like... <laughs> something I mean, rather yeah, than yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. A sun. So God created the sun. I mean, are you asking me like if God? Are we teasing out this metaphor beyond trying to a little bit? The here. extent, or are we like shifting? I, I, like, did God literally create the sun? Yes. Did God literally create the sun? I mean, yes. God created everything. God created everything. God created but all I, those suns. I don't. Yes. The, all the, the suns in the universe. Ex, yes. The expanding. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah, because he was bored. Uh, he lost the bet with himself. I don't know. I mean, she I'm seems not, like a waste not, to I me. Don't... Like a lot of suns out there for no reason. And there's not a planet yeah, out there he's uh, saving, right? We're the only planet he's saving with people on it. Yeah, that we know of. That we know of. The Bible so, says, yeah, it doesn't say. I, mean, I logically have no reason to think that there are there there is or is not other life forms out there, and I think mm -hmm. it would be a really interesting thing if we do. It is a really interesting question of like, how does that change? Um, how, how would that change Christian theology if we did discover life elsewhere? I mean, frankly, I don't think it really does. I, huh. You know, maybe Jesus showed up there too. <laughs> maybe they have their own I, version you know, of the Gospels. It's one of these things where it's like it doesn't really influence how I live my day to day life or like mm. what I think we're called to do. Mm. Not really. Yeah. Well, I mean, we got this whole something knowledge. rather than nothing, and there's a lot of something that we don't interact with on a daily basis. We don't even know exists half of it. So oh, yeah, why would, matter. yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> How would God create dark matter? Um, uh, but I, I mean, mean like I, I think science is like the exploration of the physical world. I mean, it is yeah. you have, like theology is the exploration of the uh, divinely inspired hmm. text and the physical sciences are the exploration of the divinely created uh, natural world, and, and mm. both of them are fascinating and enlightening, and uh, hopefully are used what we learn from them used for good. But uh, yeah. we do things like uh, you know, Spanish Inquisition and create nuclear bombs. So yeah, go humans. Knowledge yeah. doesn't need. Yeah, knowledge does not equal wisdom. No, that's for sure. That's for sure. But what I'm kind of getting at here is the the is everything created for us? Did God create all of this for us, or for Himself? Uh, or 
I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Uh, that's, I mean, it's an interesting question. Uh, I mean, I, I think the way we understand, certainly the way that Genesis understands it is that it was created for us. Um, mm -hmm. Or, well, I should say that's not true. I, I should say that, well, actually, I don't know. That would be interesting. I'd have to go back and look closer at that. I, you know, I think it is for me, uh, I, I, that's above my pay grade. Uh, <laughs> as far as it matters for me, I do believe, uh, based on, you know, my understanding of scripture and more importantly, what it means to be a follower of Jesus, um, that God called us to be, and at least created us. It's not like he didn't create all this for us, but he created us to be partners in love and creation. Partners in creation. But we can't interact with most of it. Just the stuff that's here on we, Earth. We on work Earth, remotely yeah. from God. Oh, you mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. We created all this for us, but well, we can only I mean, interact with this much. You know? And then most of that, this much, is going to kill us. So, I mean, uh, I, everything I wants to kill you, what, Dan. Yeah, well, Nature. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> He created all that yeah, for I us. Guess, I mean, so like, okay, so what's, what's your point? My point is it's not very awesome. Um, he created all of this for us. We can't interact with most of it. And the rest of the stuff we can't interact wants to kill us. Just to be clear, I did not say he created all of this for us. Oh, well, who did he create it for? I don't know. I don't know that he created it for anybody. I do just, know mm -hmm. that what matters is that we have a, a that we're here and we have a role to play in it. So nothing else matters except for the the role we're playing that God has for us. Uh, I mean, in terms of living out my like what it means to live for, for me, to my living out my faith, it means like yeah, I'm called to uh, care for others. I'm called to be like care for the for the planet, um, hmm. to be a partner in love and creation. Uh, yeah, and like put. I mean, and that, that, like, it is a hard road that we are called to walk, and it is one that, frankly, like, I feel like American Christianity, in a large degree, has gone off the rails, and it just, it's hyper-focused on individual salvation. Like, when I came back to my faith, I stayed up at night being like, I am not doing enough. Like, we live in a super affluent society, and the amount of wealth and, like, social inequity around us is just mm. immoral. Like, it's immoral. It is yeah. unforgivable. The climate damage that we are doing is mm. unforgivable. We have the information, we know better, and yet we are still doing it. And like, and I am not doing enough, doing more now than I was, but I still like, this is what keeps me up at night. Like, it's not about piety. It's not about like, oh, I'm going to save myself from marriage. Like, that's great. Yes, we are called <laughs> to like respect our bodies. And that's, I, uh, yeah, they're, they're like, the, like, yeah, just the whole, like, individual piety. It's all about getting your heaven card punched. Yeah. Um, don't, this, this world doesn't matter. No, this world does matter, actually. That's, mm -hmm. It starts in this world, and it ends in this world, mm -hmm. and it starts in a garden with a tree of life, and it ends in a city with a bunch of trees of life. It's a cat that's about to walk out in front of the community. Oh. There, there it is. There you go. Uh, and... <laughs> And there's like all this weird stuff that happens in between. I mean, I, I mean, 
amazing, yeah. weird, messy, confounding, confusing, enlightening, illuminating. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, I the cat interrupted. You're good. Sense, that just brings me to another question, though. Is is yeah, yeah. Um, what, God help? Does God help us through all of this? Uh, we've got all these horrible things happening. We've got the climate change. We've got slaughters. We've got genocides. We've got horrible things happening in His own house. Um, does God step in and help out in any way? Uh, so I will say, so what I met with my faith and, um, yeah, that I think that, uh, Jesus, the scripture from scripture and, and life, um, and church tradition that I grew up with in Episcopal church, um, uh, I that now God does not promise everything's going to be good. Good things mm-hmm. happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God does promise that He will walk through us with this, mm-hmm. uh, and that you know. So, like when I when I pray, uh, which I'm trying to get better. It's not a big tradition that you grew up with in the Episcopal Church, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I, I try to focus on like. Asking for be like, hey, look, what what do I need to do? Um, yeah, that will be done. Uh, yeah, and not asking like, hey, I want this. Help me with this. Yada yada yada. But like, I like, I know this is what I should do. I don't want to do it. Like, huh. recycle. Give me the use like, less water. Recycle. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I live in Seattle. We got plenty of water. We're not yeah. with you in Vegas. Yeah. Jeez. Um, oh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, so God I, wants I, us to help out, and and you're asking God what you can do to help out. Is that what I'm getting? Well, yeah. I mean, that makes it sound a little like superficial, but uh, yes, in a much more existential way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not asking us to like pitch in. Like, hey, I, I need to move my piano. Can you come over and give me a hand? Right. I just need help uh, with this climate change thing so thousands well, of people don't or die like, or get displaced. Hey, I'm, I made creation, and you're supposed to be a part of it. You're a reflection of me. You know, actually, I should go back. Like, yes, yeah. God did make us to be part of this because we're created in the image of him. Wow, man, I failed that test. <laughs> God, I was just like, okay. I was such like a softball. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Don't so, yeah, ignore that part. Nope. Watch out for that lightning. <laughs> oh, damn. So God needs us to help out. God needs us to tend the garden, essentially. That's what he created Adam for in, in Genesis. He said he needed the man to tend the garden. Yeah, um, my but he knew that was that where he has a, has a name, the animals. Yeah. Like, I love picturing that where he's like, and how about this one? <laughs> and how about this? It has a bill, like a duck, yeah. but it's a mammal. Things. Yeah. You want to call that? Yeah. I want to know if Adam actually, that is me, if Adam actually named the blue footed booby. If that was Adam or if that was God that did that one. That's a. Oh, that was Teenage Adam. The blue footed booby. I have no idea why my phone just went off. Like, Anyways. Blue footed booby, hit mouth, <laughs> uh, calling a rooster a cock. That was all Teenage Adam. <laughs> Had to have been Teenage Adam. Yeah. Or Eve. I don't know. Who knows? Well, Who yeah, knows? That's true. I shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't write her off. But. Oh, man. No, that would have been interesting. Um, 
again, though, God needs help. God needs help naming them. God needs help tending the garden. God needs help with uh, saving his own people. I mean, why does God need help? Why can't God just come down and help? I've I've got several Bible verses that tell you yeah, that I, God yeah, will keep you from harm. Me. And yeah, where are all the Bible verses? Sorry, yeah, here we go. <laughs> Starting with Mark 16, 17 through 18, Jesus says you can drink poison and be okay. What is that? Mark what? Mark 16, 17 through 18, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, Mark. they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up okay. snakes in their hands, and they will drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them at all. They will place so their I'm hands on Mark sick people. Through uh, sorry, yeah, Mark 16, 17 through 18. It's the, uh, 17 through 18, okay. Yeah. Okay, let's this is Jesus talking here. All right, you use NIV, right? Typically. These signs will come mm. in my name, Mark 16, mm. 17 through 18. Oh, yeah. yeah, pick up snakes. Oh, yeah, this is the one that mm. was like supposedly added in later, they think, right? Yep. This mm -hmm. is where the whole tradition of snake handling comes from. Yes, it is. This yes, it is. is a great example of why proof texting and chapter adding chapters mm. and verses to scripture was a terrible idea, and proof texting is terrible theology. So <laughs> I'm not sure like how familiar you are with that. Like the chapters mm. and verses, yeah, they were not added until hundreds of years later. Yeah, I think actually like our modern one comes from like the 1500s. Good, um, nice catch. Love and it. And so, like, totally breaks up how this stuff is actually meant to be read, which is as a scroll. Like, you're supposed to read mm. a book or a scroll, you know. Yeah. Uh, as a scroll, they're, like, beautifully crafted with all these movements and, uh, you know, symmetry and uh, just the, the architecture of writing, the literary genius that goes into these, uh, these things, especially the Old Testament. Mm. Uh, you know, the epistles, they're... Their letters, they're not as beautifully crafted um, <laughs> literature. But uh, grab my coat. That's one of my yeah. favorite lines. Don't <laughs> know, top my head. Um, I uh, yeah. So it's this is one of those great examples where it's like, no, this is mm. supposed to be read for the the stories that it's telling. Mm. Uh, and I don't mean that like the fiction, but like the narratives that it's telling, uh, not as Hey, there's this one line that says we should go pick up snakes. Let's do mm. that. Yeah. Well, I would agree most of the Bible is like that. We shouldn't do what it tells you to do. Uh, picking up stones. Put all those stones down. Don't start stoning those disobedient children or anybody else that tells you to stone. Um, good good job. Um, so, yeah, those were added later. Those are different, um, not originals. Um, we can go to a bunch of other ones. There's Luke 10 uh 19 we can go that one psalm let's go to the psalm psalm 34 17 through 19 i like this one 34 17 19 yeah psalm 34 17 through 19 the righteous cry out and the lord hears them he delivers them from all their troubles yahweh is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit a righty man righty might be the wrong word there. A writing man may have many troubles, but God delivers him from them all. How do you take this verse? I mean, I don't know, I'd have to go back and like sit down and read the whole the whole thing. But yeah, uh, 
I mean, you know, there is stuff like this that I certainly, uh, you know, in, it's, it's, there's like two conversations to have. There's one, like, let's have a theological conversation. And to some degree, there's stuff like this that, you know, like, I read that and I, it might, like, I might turn to that to some, somewhat, uh, like, in a hard time being like, yeah. hey, I, um, I think ultimately, though, uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose like those two aren't that far apart. But um, yeah, again, it's not—we're not promised like the prosperity gospel. I know you can pull up there are mm-hmm. passages here where I forget what they are, but you can be like, "God's going to give you wealth or whatever." Yeah, those uh, are those as well. But I mean, like there's that. a lot of like, Old Testament still as well. Really, yeah, and um, but again, like looking at the the unified narrative throughout the text throughout mm-hmm. scripture from beginning to end mm-hmm. it is not about uh that we like life is going to be easy mm-hmm. but uh so yeah so i might have trouble uh you know i mean assuming i that righteous person applies it to me we'll see <laughs> uh, depends, depends um, right Oh, but I mean, there's also Psalm 121, 7, Yahweh will keep you from all harm. Uh, Philippians 4, 13, you can do think, all things through Christ who strengthens you. Uh, Luke 10, 19, nothing will harm you. There's just a lot of different things in there. And then there's a lot of different places in the Bible where God steps in and helps out. He helps out or he hinders. Uh, there's a lot of that as well. Um, so what I'm wondering is why he can't do that nowadays. He did it a lot in the Bible times, apparently. But nowadays, he doesn't really step in and stop climate change or people from getting assaulted in his church or, you know, yeah, well, so, yeah, I, easy things. I, think, yeah, um, <laughs> I, I disagree. Um, I think it's, it's like the kind of thing where, you know, there's a, the, uh, there's a joke about, like, there's a drowning person and he prays for help and yeah. the boat comes by and they're like, get in the boat. Like, no, I, I ask God. And then, you know, <laughs> a bunch of boats go by and... What God why didn't he get drowned because up to goes yeah. up to heaven, which is not biblical, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and, yeah, God why didn't you save me? He's like, What are you talking about? I sent all these I sent the three boats. Why mm-hmm. didn't you get in the boat? Like we are supposed to be like this is We're supposed to do everything. Why, why are we not following like do work? Mm-hmm. It's not like no, God uh I don't like Jesus is pretty clear. He's like, look, like this is you get off your asses. Hmm. Like go build the upside down kingdom. So <laughs> Jesus wants you to get off your ass, but but God will do things for you. Is that what I'm getting here? No, I don't think oh. I said that. Well, because God still does things in the Old Testament for people. He helps out, he hinders, he does all that. But Jesus tells you to get off your ass. So it's two different things. Uh, well, I think this is one of the things where you need to look at the cultural context that was right, written in in the Old Testament. That I think that's mm. the reflection of the ex- their expectations for what uh, a God was supposed to do. Um, mm. And I do not say that, that we should just toss out all of all, like, you know, all the stuff in the Old Testament that's just be like, oh, it's cultural context. We don't have to deal with that. Um, yeah. But that uh, we can look at how people in that time, in that region, Bronze Age, Iron Age, Middle East, like 
what their expectations were for God to help shed light on what the Holy Spirit was actually breaking through to inspire people uh, you know, to carry that message into the world. And there you see things like social justice and caring for each other and um and then yeah they go off and they like when then like the nation uh look on your faces i'm i'm losing this um, keep, no go ahead keep going keep going yeah you're good oh well i was just gonna say um i don't know i i'm probably rambling now well it was good uh either way i liked it all right <laughs> so ezekiel 14 9 um, Yahweh deceives prophets and then punishes them for it. He steps in. He doesn't help out. He hinders in this one. In this Ezekiel 14, okay. 9. And if the prophet is enticed to utter a prophecy, I, the Lord, have enticed that prophet, and I will stretch out my hand against him and destroy him from among my people, Israel. God is stepping in. God is interacting in real life. He's not telling, pull up your bootstraps and fix it yourself. No, God is coming in. He enticed that person. You know? Oh, 14.9, you said, right? Yeah. Right. 14 verse 9. Uh, so, right. Uh, oh. Is God, is God interacting uh, and, and doing something? Isn't this one, though, where like, he's talking about a fake prophet, first of all? Hmm. I'm sure he's got those in there as well. But he's the one who enticed them to say the wrong thing. Uh, yeah. Oh, I have lower of it. Uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, again, I guess it's, uh, I don't, I don't, hmm. I, I there's a lot of these, Dan. Yeah, a lot. But like, You're talking about the majority or the, the continuity or the, the, the length of the whole thing, the whole yeah. story altogether. But what I see is this well, kind well, of thing well, piled well, on so top let me, let me of everything else. Let me stop and say, like, I, I don't know, that's an interesting line. Um, I know that it's been a while. Like, I would love to sit down and go back. Not, not because there's one of the things where it's like, oh, you got me. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff in there because we are closer to, I forget exactly when Ezekiel was written, but like we're closer to the year 5,000 than we are to when this stuff was written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're closer to the year 4,000, or actually that we're not almost as close to the year 4,000 as to, yeah, we're actually about closer to the year 4,000 as when Jesus was alive. What's that got so, to do with it? Yeah, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, there, and one of the beautiful things about the Bible is that God let his children write the story. And so <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in there that uh -huh. is weird, is catches us, and we're like, what does that mean? And the scripture, though, is not written to be read like a reference book. It's not written to be a moral guidebook. It's not a technical manual. Mm. It's not a history book. It's not a, definitely not a science book. Uh, <laughs> it, is, it is medit It's all these different genres. It's a collection of diverse texts written over thousands of years, mm. uh, shaped over thousands of years. You know, there's, uh, 
that is a compilation of various genres of, of but a lot of it is meditate is uh, certainly meant to be meditative literature that we are supposed to sit with. We're supposed to read it and share it in a group uh, and sit with it and come back to it and have it start conversations, not to be used as a cudgel to end conversations, which is one of the mm. frustrations of why I wrote in, because frankly, it's something that I see like a lot of fundamentalist evangelicals do, where they're like, well, what about this line? And you're like, yeah, what's your point? Like, let's sit down and think about what God wants us to do, because there's a million lines that like that. That like is that like doesn't mm. yeah it does seem weird. Mm. It yeah. doesn't seem like so. Let's like what's the story? What's Ezekiel about? Yeah. What is like, uh, and how does this fit into the overall? Thing? What is what are we supposed to take to it? So I mean, you know, yeah. what's the audience that who wrote like who are the people who are writing this and shaping it? Who are they writing it to? Uh, you know, that scripture was not written to us, but it was written for us. So that nowadays requires a lot more work than it did back then. We don't have the cultural context that they did. Um, and as far as like supernatural intervention goes, I say, you know, it's actually in getting ready for this, had, uh, came across something that made me think, yeah, we have a very, like the modernist mindset. We're all about ration, rationale and logic and reason, you know, Descartes. Uh, I think therefore I am. Smart choices. That's what uh, I'm about. If that takes ration and reason, then let's do it. 100%. Well, you know, I will say, I, 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 after I became a business reporter, I realized that there's a big difference between being smart and being wise. Uh, <laughs> I will take wisdom over <laughs> smart any day of the week. But we are, so you know, uh, <laughs> and it, it occurred to me that, like, you go back and look at the Old Testament, even the New Testament, like they really did believe in like sorcery and demons yeah. and stuff like that. And then even in the, like going back way in the Old Testament, you're like, well, they believed in, they weren't polytheists, but they definitely thought there were other, like the Nephilim, mm -hmm. um, and there was like other, this is a crowded, uh, <laughs> the, the spiritual realm, supernatural realm is, God's not just hanging out by himself uh, in the Old Testament. Um, and we have no space for that. Huh. It is just outside. And I mean, it's one of the things where it made me realize, I'm like, yes, I have grown up in this cultural context where I just think that is not possible and it is ridiculous. And I've never actually questioned that. And it makes me wonder, are we missing stuff? Hmm. Like, I mean, we all have to have humility about our own cultural context and the assumptions and biases we go into. I mean, this is one of the things about being a journalist. Like, I, it is drilled yeah. into you. If you are any, if you are worth yourself, it is drilled into you that you have to, uh, you know, interrogate your biases and your assumptions. And this one, like, it's one of these things where it's like, it feels, I feel foolish saying that, that, like, I, maybe I do need to make room for considering that there might be supernatural stuff going on. But do I have any logical reason to say that uh, this super modernist mindset uh, is the only way to see the world, mm. and that, like, nope, we nailed it. A bunch of white European guys in the 1600s, boom, done, you're welcome. Like, we are the exception uh, oh, man, to the human yeah. experience. And 
Yeah, so I'm trying to have, actually have a little bit of humility. Like, do Absolutely. I actually believe it? No, I don't. But I'm trying to be humble about it and make room be like, maybe there is something out there that I'm missing. I don't know. I Again, <laughs> like, I don't expect there to be anything, but... Um, yeah. Well, there's a lot of maybes. There's a lot of maybes and a lot of different invisible beings we could be interacting with on a daily basis. Uh, there's a lot of them out there. Kali Ma is one of the older ones, and I think that's one of the funner ones, honestly. Um, I think she's a lot more fun than Jesus. But that's beside the point. You know, um, wait, so, so it's, I mm-hmm. was trying to look that up, and so you mean Kali or Kali Ma? Kali Ma, yeah. I, it, so it's, I, I didn't see it actually written as Kali Ma. I oh. saw it written as Kali Mm-hmm. Kalimata. Oh yeah, there's a couple of them. Yeah, uh, same being the one that walks around with severed arms as a belt and a necklace of severed heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, she's super cool. Um, I don't know if you've, you've yeah, the Temple of Doom, tongue? Indiana Jones. That's that's uh, Kalima. That's what that's from. Yeah. That's what she was. There. So the, her uh, iconography of Kali uh, with tongue. her tongue was what yeah. Yeah, they used for the Rolling Stones tongue logo. Oh, was it? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, no, she's got all everything represents something, and even the head of the body or whatever she's standing on represents something. It, it's it's just fun. Yeah. Well, Hinduism is fascinating just because it uh, mm. it very colorful, such a diverse. Like, there's you can't talk about Hindu theology because it's like there's a million different. Ones. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was talking with a friend of mine who, whose parents are uh, very devout uh, Hindus. And what it was like, it was, I mean, it was really interesting, but it is, it is remarkable how different it is from mm. Christianity, mm. which, I mean, uh, yeah, same. That's a good thing, though. Um, so back into the God interacting uh, in the real world. Yes or no, does he? I can't, we, we've gone a long, long ways here. Yes or no, does God interact in the I real world? I feel like the listeners are probably looking for us to move on here. Well, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, no, I, I get Yes or I think no. he walks with us, but I don't think he's meddling. I don't see I don't see anything that I can point to to say God's putting his thumb on the scale one way or another here or there. I think he's huh. with us. I think he's, he walks with us. Yes, absolutely. So uh, did he in the past put his thumb on things? I I mean, based on I mean, I feel like I answered that. Uh, I don't just for clarification, I, yes or no? Based on, yes. I, like, based on my how I see the world now, no. But like I said, then again, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I mean, yeah. but uh, I, well, I mean, I should say I, I 100% believe that Jesus Christ came into the world, and so I mean, if you call that like, I mean, that's interacting. So yes, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, like nowadays, in 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 um. Yeah. No, I. I mean, I don't nowadays see, time. I don't see any reason to see God interact. He doesn't send any guardian angels down and protect people. He doesn't manipulate things so someone crosses the street at the right time instead of getting hit by a car. I mean, things like that. Scott interact in that way. No, I'm not going to tell anybody who believes you. Like, that's really an important belief for them. I'm not going to argue with them. But I, as far as I live my life, I don't expect that. No. So God just watches. He walks uh, with you. He, he, but he doesn't well, interact. I, I mean, I wouldn't say he just watches. I mean, okay. Uh, no, I mean in terms of like, 
working through people. I think God definitely works through people. Ah, okay. So he does work through people. So what uh, end? I mean, to what so end like, does he work so through we people? Do this, uh, so one of the things that I, I started doing, like came back to my faith, was um, and you know, mentioned it earlier before we got on. So through uh, the Episcopal Church that we used to attend, we distribute supplies to homeless people and, on, and like marginally housed people. And this is not even evangelizing or anything like that. It's just a bag with like socks, a cigarette, a lighter, hand wash, or hand sanitizer, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just some basic stuff that like a new pair of underwear, a candy bar um, that they desperately need that they don't find elsewhere. And, you know, we, so bring my kids with me and, um, you know, when my kids excitedly ask somebody like a little seven year old girl, like, what kind of candy bar do you want? The hope and connection that I see, yes, that is God working through my child mm. and that person to give that person hope. And you can God find it in, a, in a materialistic way, but like, Okay, good, good for so you. So why is that God, though? What, where's the God part in that? Your your daughter is giving somebody hope if you don't, through... If you are, if candy. You have an, uh, uh, you're an atheist activist. There's no explanation that I'm going to be able to give you that's going to... You're going to be like, wow, you totally changed my mind. See, so, I just want it to make sense. That, that's my problem, Dan, is, is yeah. I, I talk to a lot of Christians, and, and, and I ask a lot of questions, and, and very simple questions, some of them, and I don't get answers, or, or I don't get a sufficient answer, okay. or well, I get, you wouldn't understand. And I, I want to understand. That's the purpose of this, is, is it's, I want to know why you believe that. You just believe it, but I, don't, I want to know why. Wait, well, so the question, though, is premised on a skepticism uh, you're like, but I don't understand why, like... Yeah, I'm definitely skeptic like, of that, right. 100%. So like you're, right, so when you ask a question that, you're like, why do you believe it's God, parenthesis, because God doesn't exist, in parenthesis... Uh, no, why it, do you believe it, it's your God? Like, I mean, there's a lot of gods out there. Let's just pretend well, that I, I'm like, a deist. Like, I haven't picked a God all, yet. Yeah, you're like on oh. the market. I'm on the market. Like there's lots agent. of gods out there. Tell me, how do you know Jesus is the one that gave that homeless guy hope after your daughter gave him candy? How do you know it's Jesus? Well, I mean, I, I one, I don't know that God is not working through all, like, that all uh, religions are trying to connect with God. Um, but that said, I mean, uh, I think there's historical... I historical proof that Jesus lived, that he was crucified, um, and based on that, I, there's a okay. historical claim that, like, and just, yeah, anyways. It's, I mean, so a guy a existed and he things. died and they wrote some stories about him saying that he did some magical things. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah, where I'm at. I would not call them magical, but yeah. Well, I mean, healing uh, blind people loaves of fish out of in bread yeah, those I are mean, pretty magical sure. things yeah i mean it's a little magic yeah. trick there. I, I mean i guess i just feel like magic is sorry yeah bit, the like, wording material kind of thing the material world like doing magic yeah. as opposed to well supernatural yeah, fine like mm-hmm. remitting the world together <laughs> uh, yeah 
I love it. I love it. <laughs> Divine reknitting the world together versus magic. I love it. I love yeah. it. And Good stuff. Being like, I will heal you and now pick a card. <laughs> Was this your card the whole time? Now yeah. you can see. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. Oh, terrible. All right, Dan, we're pretty much out of time here. Anyways, this has been fun. Uh, I do want to. so many things that I wanted to get to. We will. There's be, there's going to be a part two because I got to get back to work here. You still um, got a lot, but you, I, I don't choose people. Dan, that's that's up to the other people. I send the messages, okay. man. Yeah. It's well, up to I'll, them. I'll to... come on. I'll come on. <laughs> good, because good. I have not gotten very far. On, I actually didn't have a chance to fill that, but I have my oh. my uh, Bible says. Well, I don't want to give it away. My Bible says what bingo card <gasps> with like, and we did not. You were not pulling out the scriptures, man. I wasn't. I wasn't. Oh man, yeah, I love I it. Like I've got bears on here. Yes. Uh, yeah, Daniel four thirty five. Oh, good one. Yeah, so, but I don't want to prejudice prejudice you because now you're yeah. just not going to pull that stuff out. Of there. Well, I love it, dude. That's like that's just the coolest thing because I do say a lot of things and, and hit the same topics a lot. And and you've got a bingo card with those topics. That is the coolest damn thing ever, Dan. Thank you for that. We'll go with that next time for sure. Um. Go ahead and, and uh, we, you have a great charity. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. Yes. I, I, I would like to hear about it and where we can find it. Up, uh, for me. Okay, so first thing, and again, so these are run through the Episcopal Church. Mm. They are two Episcopal Churches. They are 100%, they, for all intents and purposes, they are secular. It's the kind of thing where we're, like, we're called to serve others, so we're going to do that. Anybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. There's no talk of religion. We're not evangelizing. Mm. We are meeting people where their needs are, like with the free chaplaincy we do. Um, I mean, if people ask, they're like, are you with a church? I'm like, yeah, sure. Yes, we are. Uh, don't lie to them. So we don't hide it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're not like, have you accepted Jesus into your heart? Um, no, we're like, here, here's a bag. There's a cigarette in the sock. Mm. Well, that's so it doesn't break, which, um, meeting them where they are. Mm. Uh, so the need is great. Unfortunately, Mm. The homeless population in Seattle has gone up. So we are, yeah. we used to go through, we, we have, we prepped 60 bags. It used to be like we'd have four or five left over. And now we need like 75 or 80. Mm. Um, and our funds are just not there. So it's tough. Uh, and then the other one is Edible Hope Kitchen. Um, mm. I will give you the contact info for this stuff. Um, just pulling it up here. Uh, that, um, yeah, so they provide hot breakfasts for mm. about 100 people five days a week. They are actually, um, the Edible Hope Kitchen has to move mm. uh, and has to find new home, a new home, which means they're going to have to like invest in actually getting a kitchen. Um, yeah. So they're going to have some expenses they need to, uh, cover and now I'm just stalling while I bring this up. So uh, <laughs> the the thing I'm going to ask. So come on, atheist. Show us, show us that you're not just uh, you know, show us that goodwill. Come on, <laughs> big spenders, big spenders. Let's go, big spenders. Uh, so, yeah, so help out those great. homeless people for sure. Uh, and yeah, help us care for others, uh, knit this broken world back together. Mm. Um, so yeah, well. Uh, yeah, yeah. I got that. I got it. We got to do it because God can't. He can't come down and help those homeless people himself. So, you know, his children got to help his children out. 
That's what okay. I say. All right. Let's stay on focus. Let's stay on topic. <laughs> stay on topic with helping other people. Help those people. Into- Where can so, we find it at? Uh, all right. So it's stlukes.org, and that's St. S-T-L-U-K-E-S, uh, Seattle. Sorry, stlukesseattle.org, and I'll send you the link to uh, the Edible oh. Hope page. Uh, I'll put so a link in the show they, notes. They too. have a donate button that you can click on that goes right to, and you can, there's a drop down menu, you can say it's for the Edible Hope Kitchen. Again, none of this money goes to the church, it goes directly to, mm-hmm. um, this, it's, there's no overhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it goes purely to actually operating the kitchen, getting the food to people. And then the other one, uh, it's through Christ Episcopal Church, uh, ChristChurchSeattle.org. There's a donate button. This one, you have to make a donation and clarify that it's for street chaplaincy. Uh, mm-hmm. But that one, we both of these desperately need money. Um, mm-hmm. It's, again, it's, the money does not, it, if you have any hang-up about it, money does not go to the church at all. Mm-hmm. It's purely for helping our fellow humans who are desperately in need of a little help and, more importantly, a little hope. Yeah, there's a lot of us out there need help, for sure. Good job, man. Thanks for helping out. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking the time. Um, Stay safe out there, and we'll do this part two next time with the bingo cards. Yeah, you better pull out the Bible first. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Talk to you later. Take care. That's all the show there is for you today. Thanks for listening. As always, you can find me at the Bible Says What YouTube and Facebook pages. You can also find clips of the show on TikTok under BSW the Podcast. If you like what you heard and want to help keep the recording light on, simply go to patreon.com forward slash BSW the Podcast and sign up to be a supporter of the show. Your episodic tithes of a dollar or more will get you early access to each episode by at least three days, stickers, shirts, and shout outs. That's patreon.com forward slash BSW the Podcast. For the latest events, BSW swag, including signed copies of The Bible Says What, the book, head on over to the show's ever-evolving webpage at thebiblesayswhat.com. And no matter which platform you use to listen to your podcasts, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss out on the next episode. Until then, would you kindly pick up your Bibles and read them? Next time when the Bible says what? Well, I judge all fictional characters on their actions. But the the God that doesn't exist. I judge all fictional characters equally upon their actions. You know, everybody seems to love Darth Vader. Do you remember what Darth Vader did? Yeah. Yeah. He went in and killed all the Jedi kids. Yeah. Darth Vader is a documented child killer. So is God. I don't worship Darth Vader, though. I wouldn't because he's a documented child killer and a fictional character. So. But that's what I'm saying. So you so you stand on the the ladder of truth and morality and, and all of these things. I don't have just, a truth, honestly, though. Okay, Aaron. so morality, right? Yeah, Obviously, I do have a mm-hmm. morality is your big linchpin, right? It, it, that's well, what it seems. I mean, I mean, it's pretty obvious to drown kids is a bad thing. God does it, so I mean, that's pretty obviously God did a bad thing. And no. and so then, but then you say that my morality comes from uh, nothing. And I did not say that. <laughs>